are listening to the most original talk radio station anywhere. We are L.A. Talk Radio at latalkradio.com. You can support Sapphire Planet by visiting the online store at sapphireplanet.com. Welcome. Your journey is just beginning. You are now entering the Sapphire Planet. You are now in the Sapphire Planet. Global warming is the rise in the average temperature of the Earth's atmosphere and oceans since the late 19th century and its projected continuation. Since the Earth early 20th century, Earth's mean surface temperature has increased by about 0.8 degrees centigrade, with about two-thirds of the increase occurring since 1980. Warming of the climate system is unequivocal, and scientists are more than 90% certain that the primarily caused by increasing concentrations of greenhouse gases produced by human activities such as the burning of fossil fuels and deforestation. These findings are recognized by the National Science Academies of all major industrialized nations. Climate model projections were summarized in the 2007 Fourth Assessment Report by the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, or the IPCC. They indicated that during the 21st century, the global surface temperature is likely to rise further 1.1 to 2.9 degrees centigrade or 2 degrees to 5.2 degrees Fahrenheit. This is for their lowest emission scenario. It also could rise 2.4 degrees to 6.4 degrees Celsius or 4.3 degrees 
to 11.5 degrees Fahrenheit for their highest emission scenario. The ranges of these estimates arise from the use of models with differing sensitivity to greenhouse gas concentrations. Future global warming and related changes will vary from region to region around the globe. The effects of an increase in global temperature include a rise in sea levels and a change in the amount of pattern of precipitation, as well as a probable expansion of subtropical deserts. Warming is expected to be strongest in the Arctic and would be associated with the continuing retreat of glaciers, permafrost, and sea ice. Other likely effects of warming include a more frequent occurrence of extreme weather events, including heat waves, droughts, and heavy rainfall. Ocean acidification and species extinction due to shifting temperature regimes. Effects significant to humans include the threat to food security from decreasing crop yields and the loss of habitat from induation. Proposed policy responses to global warming include mitigation by emissions reduction, adaptation to its effects and possible future geoengineering, most countries are parties to the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change, whose ultimate objective is to prevent dangerous anthropogenic climate change. Parties to the United Nations have adopted a range of policies designed to reduce greenhouse gas emissions and to assist in adaptation to global warming. Parties to this convention have agreed that deep cuts in emission are required and that future global warming should be limited to below 2 degrees centigrade relative to the pre-industrial level. Reports published in 2011 by the United Nations Environment Program and the International Energy Agency suggest that efforts as of the early 21st century to reduce emissions may be inadequate to meet the United Nations 2 degrees centigrade target. There are observable temperature range changes. The Earth's average surface temperature rose by three quarters of one degree centigrade over the period from 1906 to 2005. The rate of warming over the last half of that period was almost doubled that for the period as a whole per decade. The urban heat island effect is very small, estimated to account for less than 
two one-thousandths of a degree centigrade of warming per decade since the year 1900. Temperatures in the lowest troposphere have increased between 13 tenths and 22 tenths centigrade per decade since 1979. This is according to satellite temperature measurements. Climate proxies show that temperatures to have been relatively stable over the one or two thousand years before the year 1850, with regionally varying fluctuations such as the medieval warm period and the Little Ice Age. The warming that is evident in the instrumental temperature record is consistent with a wide range of observations as documented by many independent scientific groups. Examples include sea level rise, because water expands as it warms, widespread melting of snow and ice, increased heat content of the oceans, increased humidity, and the earlier timing of spring events. Example, the flowering of plants. The probability that these changes could have occurred by chance is virtually zero. The recent estimates by NASA's Goddard Institute for Space Studies and the National Climate Data Center show that 2005 and 2010 tied for the planet's warmest year since reliable widespread instrumental measurements became available in the late 19th century, exceeding 1998 by a few hundredths of a degree. Estimates by the Climatic Research Unit show that 2005 is the second warmest year behind 1998 with 2003 and 2010 tied for third warmest year. However, the error estimate for individuals' years is at least 10 times larger than the difference between these three years. The World Meteorological Organization statement on the status of the global climate in 2010s explains that the 2010 nominal value of 5300 Celsius ranks just ahead of those of the year 2005 and 1998, although the difference between the three years are not statistically significant. Temperatures in 1998 were unusually warm because of global temperatures are affected by the El Nino Southern Oscillation, otherwise known as ENSO. And the strongest El Nino in the past century occurred during that year. Global temperatures is subject to short-term fluctuations that overlay long-term trends and can temporarily mask them. The relative stability in temperatures from 2002 to 2009 is consistent with such an episode. 2010 was also an El Nino year. On the low swing of the oscillation, 2011 was a La Nina year, was cooler, but it was still the 11th warmest year since records began in 1880. Of the 13 warmest years since 1880, 11 
were from the years 2001 to 2011. Over the more recent record, 2011 was the warmest La Nina year from the period 1950 to 2011 and was close to the 1997 La Nina year, which was not at the lowest point of the cycle. Temperatures change vary over the globe. Since 1979, land temperatures have increased about twice as fast as ocean temperatures. Ocean temperatures increase more slowly than land temperatures because of the larger effective heat capacity of the ocean and because the ocean loses more heat by evaporation. The northern hemisphere warms faster than the southern hemisphere because it has more land and because it has extensive areas of seasonal snow and sea ice cover subject to the ice albedo feedback. Although more greenhouse gases are emitted in the north than the southern hemisphere, this does not contribute to the difference in warming because the major greenhouse gases persist long enough to mix between the two hemispheres. The thermal inertia of the oceans and slow responses of other indirect effects mean that climate can take centuries or longer to adjust to change in forcing. Climate Committee studies indicate that even if greenhouse gases were stabilized at 2000 levels, a further warming of one half a degree centigrade or one degree Fahrenheit would still occur. The climate system can respond to changes in external forcings. The external forcings can push the climate in the direction of warming or cooling. Examples of external forcings include changes in atmospheric composition, example increased concentration of greenhouse gases, solar luminosity, volcanic eruptions, and its variation in Earth's orbit around the Sun. Orbital cycles vary slowly over tens of thousands of years and at present are in an overall cooling trend which would be expected to lead towards an ice age. But the 20th century instrumental temperature record shows a sudden rise in global temperatures. The greenhouse effect is the process by which absorption and emission of infrared radiation by gases in the atmosphere warm a planet's lower atmosphere and surface. It was proposed by Joseph Fourier in the year 1824 and was first investigated quantitatively by Cervantes Arias in 1896. Naturally occurring amounts of greenhouse gases have a mean warming effect of about 33 degrees centigrade. The major greenhouse gases are water vapor, which causes about 36 to 70 percent of the gas greenhouse effect. Next is carbon dioxide, 
which causes between 9 and 26 percent of the greenhouse effect. Third is methane, which causes 4 to 9 percent. And then fourth is ozone, which causes 3 to 7 percent of the greenhouse effect. Clouds also affect the radiation balance through cloud forcings similar to greenhouse gases. Human activity since the Industrial Revolution has increased the amount of greenhouse gas in the atmosphere, leading to increased radioactive forcing from CO2, methane, tropospheric ozone, CFCs, and nitric oxide. The concentrations of CO2 and methane have increased by 36% and 148% respectively since the year 1750. These levels are much higher than at any time during the last 800,000 years, the period for which reliable data has been extracted from ice cores. Less direct geological evidence indicates that CO2 values higher than this were last seen about 20 million years ago. Fossil fuel burning has produced about three quarters of the increase in CO2 from human activity over the past 20 years. The rest of this increase is caused mostly by changes in land use, particularly deforestation. Over the last three decades of the 20th century, gross domestic product per capita and population growth were the main drivers of increases in greenhouse gas emissions. CO2 emissions are continuing to rise due to the burning of fossil fuels and land use change. Emissions can be attributed to different regions. Attribution of emissions due to land use change is a controversial issue. Emission scenarios, estimates of change in future emission levels of greenhouse gases, have been projected that depend upon uncertain economic, sociological, technological, and natural developments. In most scenarios, emissions will continue to rise over the century, while in a few emissions, the emissions are reduced. Fossil fuel reserves are abundant and will not limit carbon emissions in the 21st century. Emission scenarios, combined with modeling of the carbon cycle, have been used to produce estimates of how atmospheric concentrations of greenhouse gases might change in the future. Using marker scenarios, models suggest that by the year 2100, the atmospheric concentration of CO2 
can range between 541 and 970 parts per million. This is an increase of 90 to 250 percent above the concentration in the year of 1750. Why is the year 1750 used as the demarcation for global warming? The year 1750 is the year that the Industrial Revolution started. The popular media and the public often confuse global warming with ozone depletion, which is the destruction of the stratospheric ozone by chlorofluorocarbons. Although there are a few areas of linkage, the relationship between the two is not strong. Reduced stratospheric ozone has had a slight cooling influence on the surface temperatures, while increased tropospheric ozone has had a somewhat larger warming effect. Another problem we need to address is particulates and soot. Global dimming is a gradual reduction in the amount of global direct irradiance at the Earth's surface was observed from 1961 until at least 1990. The main cause of this dimming is particulates produced by volcanoes and human-made pollutants, which exerts a cooling effect by increasing the reflection of incoming sunlight. The effects of the products of fossil fuel combustion CO2 and aerosols have largely offset one another in recent decades so that the net warming has been due to an increase in non-CO2 greenhouse gases such as methane. Radiative forcing due to particulates is temporarily limited due to wet depositions which causes them to have an atmospheric lifetimes of one week. Carbon dioxide has the lifetime of a century or more, and such changes and particulate concentrations will only delay climate changes due to carbon dioxide. In addition to the direct effect by scattering and absorbing solar radiation, particulates have indirect effects on the radiation budget. Sulfates act as cloud condensation nuclei and thus lead to clouds that have more and smaller cloud droplets. These clouds reflect solar radiation more efficiently than clouds with fewer and larger droplets. This effect also causes droplets to be of more uniform size, which reduces growth of raindrops and makes the clouds more reflective to incoming sunlight. Indirect effects are most noticeable in marine stratiform clouds and have very little radiative effects on convective clouds. Indirect effects of particulates represents the largest uncertainty in radiative forcing. Soot may cool or warm the surface, depending on whether it is airborne or deposited. Atmospheric soot 
directly absorbs solar radiation, which heats the atmosphere and cools the surface. In isolated areas with high soup production, such as rural India, as much as 50% of the surface warming is due to greenhouse gases may be masked by atmospheric brown clouds. When deposited, especially on glaciers or on ice in, in Arctic regions, the lower surface albedo can also directly heat the surface. The influences of particulates, including black carbon, are most pronounced in the tropics and subtropics, particularly in Asia, while the effects of greenhouse gases are dominant in the extropics and southern hemisphere. Solar activity. Since 1978, output from the sun has been precisely measured by satellites. These measurements indicate that the sun's output has not increased since 1978, so the warming during the past 30 years cannot be attributed to an increase in solar energy reaching the Earth. In the three decades since 1978, the combination of solar and volcanic activity probably has a slight cooling influence on the climate. Climate models have been used to examine the role of the sun in recent climate change. Models are unable to reproduce the rapid warming observed in recent decades when they only take into account variations in solar output and volcanic activity. Models are, however, able to simulate the observed 20th century changes in temperature when they include all of the most important external forcings, including human influences and natural forcings. Another line of evidence against the sun having caused recent climate change comes from looking at how temperatures at different levels in the Earth's atmosphere have changed. Models and observations show that greenhouse warming results in warming a lower atmosphere, called the troposphere, but cooling of the atmosphere, called the stratosphere. Depletion of the ozone layer by chemical refrigerants has also resulted in a strong cooling effect in the stratosphere. If the sun was responsible for observed warming, warming of both the troposphere and stratosphere would be expected. The climate system includes a range of feedbacks which alter the response of the system to changes in external forcings. Positive feedbacks increase the response of the climate system to an initial forcing, while negative feedbacks reduce the response of the climate system to an initial forcing. There are a range of feedbacks in the climate system, including water vapor, changes in ice albedo, 
snow and ice cover affects how much of the Earth's surface absorbs or reflects incoming sunlight. Clouds and changes in the Earth's carbon cycle. Example, the release of carbon from the Earth's soil. The main negative feedback is the energy which the Earth's surface radiates into space as infrared radiation. Feedbacks are an important factor in determining the sensitivity of the climate system to increase atmospheric greenhouse gas concentrations. Other factors being equal, a higher climate sensitivity means that more warming will occur for a given increase in greenhouse gas forcings. Uncertainty over the effect of the feedback is a major reason why different climate models project different magnitudes of warming for a given forcing scenario. More research is needed to understand the role of clouds and carbon cycle feedbacks in climate projections. The IPCC projections given span the likely range for the selected emission scenario. However, the IPCC's projections do not reflect the full range of uncertainty. The lower end of the likely range appears to be better constrained than the upper end of the likely range. A climate model is a computerized representation of the five components of the climate system. Atmosphere, hydrosphere, cryosphere, land surface, and biosphere. Such models are based on physical principles including fluid dynamics, thermodynamics, and radiative transfer. There can be components which represent air movement, temperature, cloud, and other atmospheric properties, ocean temperature, salt content, and circulation, ice cover on land and sea, the transfer of heat and moisture from soil and vegetation to the atmosphere, chemical and biological processes, and others. Although researchers attempt to include as many processes as possible, simplification of the actual climate system are inevitable because of the constraints of available computer power and limitations in knowledge of the climate system. Results from models can also vary due to different greenhouse gas inputs and the model's climate sensitivity. For example, the uncertainty in the IPCC's 2007 projections is caused by one multiple models with differing sensitivity to greenhouse gas concentrations, two the use of differing estimates of humanity's future greenhouse gas emissions, and three any additional emissions from climate feedbacks that were not included in the models IPCC used to prepare its report. Example, greenhouse gases that were released 
from permafrost. The models do not assume the climate will warm due to increasing high levels of greenhouse gases. Instead, the models predict how greenhouse gases will interact with radiative transfer and other physical processes. One of the mathematical results of these complex equations is a prediction whether warming or cooling will occur. Recent research has called special attention to the need to refine models with respect to the effects of clouds and the carbon cycle. Models are also used to help investigate the causes of recent climate changes by comparing the observed changes in those that the models project from various natural and human-derived causes. Although these models do not unambiguously attribute the warming that has occurred from approximately 1910 to 1945 to either natural variation or human effects, they do indicate that warming since 1970 is dominated by man-made greenhouse gas emissions. The physical realism of models is tested by examining their ability to simulate contemporary or past climates. Climate models produce a good match to observations of global temperature changes over the last century, but do not simulate all aspects of a climate. Not all effects of global warming are accurately predicted by the climate models used by the IPCC. Observed Arctic shrinkage has been faster than predicted. Precipitation increased proportionally to atmospheric humidity and hence significantly faster than global climate models have predicted. How do we observe and, ex and these environmental effects? Detection is the process of demonstrating that climate has changed in some defined statistical sense without providing a reason for that change. Detection does not imply attributions of the detected change to a particular cause. Attribution of cause of climate change is the process of establishing the most likely causes for the detected change with some defined levels of confidence. Detection and attribution may also be applied to observe changes in physical, ecological, and social systems. Global warming has been detected in a number of natural systems. Some of these changes are described in the section on observed temperature changes. Example, sea level rise and widespread de decreases in snow and ice. Most of the increase in global average temperature since the mid-20th century is, with high probability, attributed to human-induced changes in greenhouse gas concentrations. Even with policies to reduce emissions, global emissions are still expected to continue to grow 
over time. In the IPC fourth assessment report, across a range of future emission scenarios, model-based estimates of sea level rise for the 20th century range from 0.18 to 0.59 meters. These estimates, however, are not given a likelihood due to a lack of scientific understanding, nor was an upper bound given for sea level rise. On the timescales of centuries to millennia, the melting of ice sheets could result in even higher sea level rise. Partial deglaciation of the Greenland ice sheet and possibly the West Antarctic ice sheet could contribute 4 to 6 meters or 13 to 20 feet or more to sea level rise. Changes in regional climate are expected to include greater warming over land with most warming at high northern latitudes and least warming over the southern oceans and part of the North Atlantic Ocean. Snow cover area and sea ice are expected to decrease, with the Arctic expected to be largely ice-free in September by the year 2037. It is calculated that, with high statistical confidence, certain weather events, such as the heat waves in Texas and the 2003 European heat wave, would not have occurred without global warming. Extremely hot outliers, defined as three standard deviations from climatology records, now cover about 10% of the land's surface and, under present trends, would norm be the norm by the year 2050. These temperatures are expected to exacerbate the hydrological cycle with more intense drought and floods. The effects on hurricane activity is less certain. In terrestrial ecosystems, the earlier timing of spring events and the forward and upward shifts in plant and animal ranges have been linked with high confidence to recent warming. Future climate change is expected to particularly affect certain ecosystems, including tundra, mangroves, and coral reefs. It is expected that most ecosystems will be affected by higher atmospheric CO2 levels, combined with higher global temperatures. Overall, it is expected that climate change will result in the extinction of many species and reduced diversity of ecosystems. Dissolved CO2 increases ocean acidity. This process is known as ocean acidification as it has been called the equally evil twin of global climate change. Increased ocean acidity decreases the amount of carbonate ions 
which organisms at the base of the marine food chain, such as foraminifera, used to make structures they need to survive. The current rate of ocean acidification is many times faster than at least the past 300 million years, which included four mass extinctions that involved raising ocean acidity, such as the Permian mass extinction, which killed 95% of marine species. By the end of the century, acidity changes since the Industrial Revolution would match the Pelocene-Eocene thermal maximum, which occurred over 5,000 years and killed 35 to 50% of the benthic foraminifera. Climate change could result in global large-scale changes in natural and social systems. Two examples are ocean acidification caused by increased atmospheric concentration of carbon dioxide and the long-term melting of ice sheets which contributes to sea level rise. Some large-scale changes could occur abruptly example over a short period of time and might also be irreversible. An example of abrupt climate change is the rapid release of methane from permafrost which could lead to amplified global warming. Scientific understanding of abrupt climate change is generally poor. However, the probability of erupt changes appears to be very low. Factors that may increase the probability of abrupt climate change include higher magnitudes of global warming, warming that occurs more rapidly, and warming that is sustained over longer periods of time. Vulnerability of human societies to climate change mainly lies in the effects of extreme weather events rather than gradual climate change. Impacts of climate change so far include adverse effects on small islands, adverse effects on indigenous populations in high latitude areas, and small but discernible effects on human health. Over the 21st century, climate change is likely to adversely affect hundreds of millions of people through increased coastal flooding, reduction in water supplies, increased malnutrition, and increased health impacts. Most economic studies suggest losses of world gross domestic product for this magnitude of warming. Under present trends, by the year 2030, maize production in southern Africa could decrease by up to 30%, while rice, millet, and maize in South Asia could decrease by up to 
by 2080, yields in developing countries could decrease by 10 to 25 percent on average, while India could see a drop of 30 to 40 percent. By the year 2100, while the population of 3 billion is expected to double and rice and maize yields in the tropics are expected to decrease by 20 to 40 percent because of higher temperatures without accounting for the decrease in yields and a result of soil moisture and water supplies stressed by rising temperatures. Future warming of around 3 degrees centigrade could result in increased crop yields in mid and high latitude areas, but in low latitude areas yields could decline, increasing the risk of malnutrition. A similar regional pattern of net benefits and costs could occur for economic effects. A warming above 3 degrees centigrade could result in crop yields falling, failing in temperature regions, leading to reduction in global food production. In small islands and mega-deltas, inundation as a result of sea level rise is expected to threaten vital infrastructure and human settlements. This could lead to issues of statelessness for populations in countries such as Maldives and Tuvala, and homelessness in countries with low-lying areas such as Bangladesh. Reducing the amount of future climate change is called mitigation of climate change. The IPCC defines mitigation as the activities that reduce greenhouse gas emissions or enhance the capacity of carbon sinks to absorb greenhouse gases from the atmosphere. Many countries, both developing and developed, are aiming to use cleaner, less polluting technologies. Use of these technologies aids mitigation and could result in substantial reductions in CO2 emissions. Policies include targets for emission reduction, increased renewable energy commercialism, energy conservation, and increased energy efficiency. Studies indicate substantial potential for future reductions in emissions. In order to limit warming to within the lower range described in the IPC's summary report for policymakers, it would be necessary to adopt policies that would limit greenhouse gas emissions to one of several slightly different scenarios described in the full report. This will become more and more difficult with each year of increasing volumes of emissions and even more drastic measures will be required in later years to stabilize a desired astrospheric concentration of greenhouse gases. Energy-related carbon dioxide emissions in 2010 were the highest in history, 
breaking even the prior record set in the year 2008. Your journey is now ending. Are now leaving the Sapphire Planet. Goodbye from the Sapphire Planet. Own a piece of the planet. Now you can purchase Sapphire Planet merchandise online at sapphireplanet.com.